Cassia. You can do it. You managed to figure out who is kidnapping all those Fey members and selling them off, those stupid leprechauns and their eternal need for cash. You can just as easily write up a simple report. Running his fingers through his golden curls, Detective Cassia scribbled in the last few sentences before pushing back from his desk and beginning to slowly shuffle all the case files back together. After sliding them into the metal cabinet in the far corner of his small, dark office, he turned to grab his coat off the hook but found himself startled as the old landline on his desk began to ring. He looked at the wall clock before picking up the phone. It's nearly four in the morning. Who could be calling at an hour like this? Hello? You've reached Lucas Cassia at the all-seeing private eye detective agency. How can I help you? Would you like to report a crime? Is this a joke, Macy? Is that you on the other end? Look, I know you and the twins like to prank me, but... (laughs) Ugh, if I wasn't so tired, I might actually care about that. Although I'm sure it's nothing. 
Probably just a prank, or one of the ghosts got their electromagnetic energy fields caught in the telephone wires again. Oh well. I'll worry about all that tomorrow, I suppose. Now here we find our young detective on his drive home. The evening air is quiet as we make our way with him through the darkened streets of Abaddon, a town often plagued by crime despite looking so soft and sweet on the surface. The streetlights flicker gently as the tinkering old car bumps through the old rough roads of the southwest end of town, passing oracle shops, witches' bakeries, and the many homes of practicing mages and tired old beasts. Finally, the car tires screech to a halt in front of an old brown building with windows like eyes, glowing yellow with lamplight. The car door slams and footsteps are heard up the concrete steps, as young Mr. Cassia headed inside and upstairs to his shared apartment. The door creaked open as he crept inside. Welcome home, Lucas. Working late again? Yeah, I just know if I don't file my reports before I get home, I'll never get them done. What have you all been up to this weekend, and where are Cat and Mace- Right on cue. I'll check on them. I'll get my medic kit again. Now for those unaware, our young detective lived with three of his dearest friends in this small apartment of his. These three were Macy, a young ghost mechanic who could turn anything into a tool or weapon, Verity, a beautiful and sweet Wiccan with a knack for creating clothes you'd never catch her dead in an ugly sweater, and Cat, Verity's twin sister, a demolitions expert with a personality as explosive as her work. Now, tell me, listeners, what do you think you get when you cross a creative mechanic with a chaotic pyromaniac? Well, to Verity, at least, that answer would be... A huge disaster! Look at the state of this place! I knew letting you two share a room was a bad idea. Oh, those poor curtains. They were silk cotton blend, too, you know. They aren't cheap to replace. <coughs> Relax, princess. We'll fix your damn curtains. Besides, I think the ash and smoke stains add to the room. They... How would she say it, Kat? <coughs> add a bit of texture. See? Texture! No harm in that. Ugh, oh, por el amor de Dios. Calm down, Verity. Let's just make sure neither of them got hurt. You two are alright, I take it? Well, <coughs> aside from the loss of about a pound and a half of my good magic gunpowder, and the destruction of my good bomber jacket that I'm sure my amazingly talented sister wouldn't mind repairing. When hell freezes over. <laughs> and people say I'm the funny sibling. But other than that, I'm fine. Hell, that was the most fun I've had in an experiment in weeks. Nothing beats having your face nearly blown off by a ghost cherry bomb mixed with lithium. And you're okay too, right? Your wheelchair isn't damaged, is it? Nah, I just need a bath to get all this dirt off. What on earth were you two even trying to accomplish with the- Hello, darling. Hello? Hello? Well, that was- Odd. What was it? Well, nothing. Just static and a little bit of heavy breathing in the background. There wasn't... a grunt, too. How did you... I got the same call tonight while I was at the office. I thought it was just some prankster, but I may have been wrong. You don't think it was Mara, do you? I don't think so. Her numbers have all been blocked unless she got Annie to hack into the power lines again. I'm sure some of you who haven't tuned in with us before are very confused as to who Mora is right now. Well, let's just say that Detective Cassia has had his fair share of problems and investigations gone wrong with her before. 
But hey, that's what you get when your younger sister is a malevolent scientist, hell-bent on gaining enough power to subdue a small city. And of course, it probably doesn't help that Preston, the eldest Cassia, and his romantic partner Andy are on her side as well, whether or not they'd like to be. Oh, and when you have a woman like Jezebel, the right-hand man to the ruler of hell himself on your team, wanted posters and murdered bodies just seem to come with the territory. Maybe you should try calling it back? I'll give it a ring in the morning, but right now... <sighs> I need to go to bed, and I suggest you all do the same. The four disbanded amongst themselves, Macy rolling down the hall to take a bath, Verity slogging off to a room to mourn her curtains and cast spells of relaxation to help her go to sleep, and Kat merely flopping over onto her bed and passing out immediately. But for Lucas, sleep was a temptress, easing in and out all night as he thought about those calls. Who could that person be? Why would they call him Anne Verity? Maybe it was Mora. Or Preston. Maybe it was a cruel prank from the duo he'd been hunting for a while, whose grey fingerprints still lay in his kitchen. Or maybe it was someone else with too much time on their hands. Eventually, with enough tossing and turning, he fell asleep to the soft sounds of the radio by his bedside table, humming a gentle tune. wherein Lucas and company completely forgot about the event, as their lives became wrapped up in another scheme of Mora's. Kat had received a tip she was heading to the west edge of town in three days to acquire some new, highly illegal materials for her science experiments. Working quickly, the four devised a plan to stop her, sending Verity out to intercept the suspected dealer, then report back to them later on. They had all been sitting at home, working through the rest of the plan when the phone rang. You've reached the Cassia Morgus Imamu household. May I ask who's calling? You may not. You don't really have the time for that, sport. I'm... sorry, what? Detective, detective. Are you tuned in to what's happening around you? To your... friends? What do you know of my friends? I know more than you'd ever believe. Who is that screaming? Lucas, help! Lucas, I'm all alone! Lucas, please, come find me! Verity? Verity, what? Where are you? Out by the cliffside, right off Briar Road. Help me, Lucas. Help me, help me. I can't get free. Oh, okay, Verity. I'm coming. Just hang on. Hurry, hurry, detective. Your pretty friend won't look so lovely once her insides are turned out. <laughs> Lucas slammed down the receiver of the phone, stumbling to his feet and racing to grab his coat off the hook by the door. Where in the hell are you going? Who was that? I can't explain now, Macy. You and Kat stay here. I've got to go rescue Verity. What? No, let us come with you. No, I don't want anyone else getting hurt, so you just stay here. Yeesh, talk about temperamental. He needs a vacation. You want to follow him anyways in case he ends up nearly murdered or dipped in acid again? 
As delightful as that sounds, with what car? I stole Donnie's ride when they left last time. They thought they just got it towed, but I stashed it in the shed so I could scrap it for parts. A note for all you new listeners, Donnie Nomu is the longtime romantic partner of Lucas Cassia. They drive a very interesting form of car and often choose to not abide by the law. And, more annoyingly, they like to play loud rock music while Macy tries to work. Do with that information what you will. You stole Lucas's boyfriend's car? I'm proud and impressed. Let's roll! While the two saddled themselves into Donnie's car, a mix of an old convertible with a form of retro beetle, Lucas already set off in his own car, rattling as quickly as he could up to the cliff sides. He drove steadily, trying his best to avoid the rocky paths and sharp winds that made his car sway to the edges of the road as he went. Finally, he reached the top of the cliffside, high winds all around him, a few bushes here and there. He stepped out of his car onto the soft earth and squinted around as he looked for any signs of verity. Strangely enough, her car was here, but why would it be if she had been brought here against her will? He peered around. Then he saw her, her lilac gown flaring up in the wind, her dark brown locks tangled up around her face. She was standing by the cliffside and appeared to be peering around herself as well. Verity? Verity! Lucas? Lucas! Verity, how did you get out here? Who brought you here? What? I drove myself here. You told me on the phone you said, drive out to the cliff sides and wait for me there. There's been a change of plans. So, I did. Verity, I never made that call. What? But you did it about 15 minutes ago. That's when you called me. You were crying for help and there was this this other voice. Suddenly, a rumbling from Lucas's car startled the both of them. The headlights were on now and the radio blared from the inside. Welcome back, folks, to 667FM The Kill. Our next segment on the show will be reading through today's obituaries, which are almost like birthdays for our dear citizens of Abaddon. So let's all have a look back on some good times where we remember meeting our new friends, young, Old, big, small, idiotic, materialistic, fragile, vain. Excuse me there, folks. I must have misspoke. Now let's get into it. And then, as the list began to read off, the car tires spun ever so gently, and the car began to move towards Lucas and Verity as the two clutched onto one another. Lucas, did Macy add a new auto feature onto your car? No. You know how much I hate self-driving shit. This isn't a form of magic, is it? Well, if it is, it certainly isn't mine. The two stood shaking, ever so slightly backing up as the car drew closer, and the list went on and on and on. You stay back now! Don't you dare! Yeah, don't- But she never finished that sentence, as her foot slipped off the edge of the cliff, and she began to fall. Fortunately, Lucas grabbed her arm just as she slipped off, but it didn't look as if the two would last long as the car got closer, and closer, and closer. Stop! Stop! Please! Ah! Our young detective fell as he stumbled backwards off the cliffside, hands still around Verity's arm. The wind swept up around the two of them as they fell. The taste of the bitter night air stung at their eyes and pierced their mouths as they screamed, nearing the road on the side of the cliff in haste. They could feel the hard cement and tar smacking against their soft bodies now. A mess of organs and goo splattered out like the carnage of a Pollock painting, ripped up by an angry art critic. They clasped onto each other, fearing these were their last moments until... Wouldn't you know it? 
Convertible cars have highly comfortable seats. Huh? But macy Cat? What are you two doing here? As usual, saving your ass from certain doom. We have a Google Calendar event saved for it every time you decide to go into needless lone wolf hero mode. As you can imagine, we keep a busy schedule. Oh, well, thank the goddesses for that. If you two had been any later, you'd be scraping silk and shrapnel off the road. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Now let's get back home. But what about our cars? Do you really want to go back up there with two devil cars willing to run us off a cliff while that tinny little voice rattles off obituary dates? Verity, we just walked into the equivalent of one of those mortal horror movies, but with actual diverse representation. But my car! Verity, it's either your car or your life. And where would we all be if we couldn't wake up to you complimenting yourself in the mirror every morning? Why, we would just be hopeless. Oh well, when you put it that way, darling. (laughs) I suppose I could wait a day or two before getting my baby back. Same here. I'll round up a team and see what we can do about all of this. But for now, let's just get home. You got it, boss. Oh, and hey, just one question. Why do you have Donnie's car? They stole the keys! How interesting, folks. What twists? What turns? What will happen next? And who's out to get our favorite cast of kiddos? And why do they sound so... Well, never mind. Please stick around and we'll get right back into the action after these words from our sponsors. This episode of The Other Side was brought to you by the following voices. Han Lumsden as the narrator and Lucas Cassia. Emma Garthwaite as Macy Imamu. Elena Lehman as Verity Morgus. Emily Sanders as Kat Morgus. And introducing Svea Sanes as the radio announcer and Mike.